Welcome to Hallmarked Up with Mary and Sarah. agree about one thing about that movie and that is the dog what was his name again riggs riggs yeah i don't know if that was like short for something or best not. actor in the movie by far easily yeah great reindeer yeah he ended up being reindeer number five very successfully it was <laughs> meta acting like not only was this dog playing riggs but this dog was playing riggs playing a reindeer that's right and unfortunately not even a reindeer with a name he was no. better understanding reindeer than number five. That's very rude. There are we know nine all reindeer. the names. There are we nine reindeer, like calling you know Donner or Comet or something. All right. Well, welcome to another episode of Hallmarked Up. And this week we watched Picture a Perfect Christmas, and we have some special guests with us this week, who I will let them introduce themselves. Hey, this is Michelle. Yeah, I'm Matt. And I'm Megan. So and Sarah has to leave because I know. this week it's only people who start with M who are allowed to I do to not here. fit in this episode. We are eating angel food cake tonight. <laughs> oh, she gets to stay then. She made a single angel food cake. Oh, yeah. That's right. And this movie did actually have some cheesy featurings of angels. So oh, my it's God. Appropriate. <laughs> so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it we'll totally to worked. That totally worked. We're going to try and recap a bit quicker because this one was a bit dull and not amazing. They crammed 57 minutes of plot into 84 minutes of runtime into two hours of movie. It was it was pretty brutal by the end. Matt was genuinely timing nearly the whole thing and, and took copious amounts of notes, which I don't even know how you could take that many because this one was so boring. Well, I, I think Matt took more notes on this movie than the writers did. Your notes might be longer than the script. I'm not sure. Well, I've never seen one of these before. Wait, wait, wait. The script, which, which script? The script that he kept on trying to go through while he was up there trying to say Merry Christmas to all... <laughs> That's oh, right. Yeah. That's this is the dumbest. Sorry, we're getting ahead of ourselves. But we this digress. Is the dumbest kid. He was up there auditioning for a Christmas pageant, and he was like Mary, and then he like flips two pages, and he's like Christmas. Yeah, it was some like, stellar totally. acting. We start off. We our main character, she Sophie, is a photographer, thus picture of perfect Christmas. Played by uh, Merritt Patterson. Played by Merritt Patterson. Merritt Patterson. She lives in San Francisco. That's right. But she goes to visit her grandmother in, in uh, Bainbridge, which I guess is in Washington near Seattle, over Christmas. And her grandmother has broken her foot. Uh, hairline fracture. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> his hairline fractured her foot. And her neighbor, David, has an orphaned nephew named Troy. And Troy, for some freaking reason, gets attached to Sophie through a photo that he sees of her before she even comes into town, which is a little weird. Troy's like 12. Well, we're not sure on his age, but we think 12. Yeah, I'm just going by how old the actor looked. David, played by by John Corr. Who, so my my only experience with his, these movies is like literally the last two hours and your podcast. So I was kind of led to believe that like everybody, all the male leads looked like John Hamm run through, like run through a <laughs> photocopier. 
and, do. I mean, well, I mean, this guy different. looks slightly different, though. Yeah, so, yeah, so, he has he, facial he, hair. Yeah, he was like an. He looked like kind of kind of an off-brand Chris Pratt, I would say. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a good description, right. I think. Because he did Chris have the Pratt facial with hair. hair. Oh. He had that little bit of that hockey hair thing going Yeah, it was and, not... It, it's significant that they allowed him to deviate from the standard Hallmark hairstyle, but it wasn't really an improvement. And Sophie, and Sophie, going into the movie, had a boyfriend who... Oh, yeah, we yeah. forgot to mention well, her. Also, also I, I commented at one point, off-brand Conan O'Brien, who I wouldn't say is classically beautiful as a man, but... He was supposed to be, of course, the high flyer. He's also a photographer. Yeah, well. he was also a photographer. Yeah. Shooting a band of some kind. Right, he tells her that he can't spend Christmas with her because he's following a band on a tour. Who, you know, like everybody plays around the Christmas holidays. Yeah. yeah. Points in time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, everybody is trying to go to a show on Christmas, and it's totally a smart day to book a gig. You know this guy is doomed before you even meet him. The first scene with him features Sophie, like, irritatingly looking around a restaurant and like, oh, he's late. This guy, as soon as he shows up, you know, he's doomed. Yeah, but right. you also know it's going to be a relatively amicable split, as it always is, and no feelings are going to be hurt because this is Hallmark. That's but right. Also, and also because they share the same agent who is way too into their relationship. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's true. She's a that, very she nosy very agent. Like, she's intense. always asking about their personal lives, and it's very strange. I just, I'm struggling with this movie a bit because I don't really think there was like there's not a lot to sum there's up. There's not here. an action. Yeah. There's not like there's a pageant. There's some like typical Hallmark Christmas things, and then she gets an offer to go to Zurich. <laughs> like I don't really yeah. feel like there's a whole yeah. lot more mm-hmm. in between. Yeah, right. It's but- like very early in the movie, and her agent is originally like, "You can have Christmas to yourself because your thing in Zurich isn't going to start until after." And then the agent gives her like a lecture about work-life balance, which is kind of strange. One one thing that we all noticed was that there were many obstacles in their way, mm. but all those obstacles got cleared up really very easily awesome. and very quickly and without very much right. heartbreak. Almost montage Obstacle number one was Brent, the Conan O'Brien knockoff boyfriend. He got cleared up as an obstacle, I want to say around the hour, 10 minute mark out of two hours. Nine minute, uh, uh, yeah, 918. There we go. 918, nice. Conan's cool. out of the way. Cool. And so just, now they're both single. Off. And David, the, the other love interest, the... The ex, yes. And that was interesting, because at some point, they do run into an ex of David's, and she is beautiful. Oh, yeah. And she her. says, it's wonderful running into him, and they should hang out sometime. And so then it's like, oh, man, are they going to go on a date? However... It turns out that she didn't so much want to go on a date with him as she wanted to <laughs> just flex on him. They get coffee or something, and the ex with cupcakes is like, that they never eat. Oh yeah, they get cupcakes, like seven um, inch tall cupcakes. Yeah, they're enormous cupcakes, and she gives him this speech like, you know, I mean, I I've had some really great stuff happening in my life, and I owe it all to you. And then she shows him her engagement ring. So like the the, the big thing right now is that David has a child, but it's not his child. It is actually his nephew who he's taking care of because mm-hmm. we don't know brother or sister, and their spouse uh, perished three years ago in a car accident. Well, this ex is now also engaged to a person who also has a child. So apparently when they were breaking up, uh, that was a big contention was whether or not 
she was ready to be a stepmother. And she's yeah. like, hey, guess what? Bing. You yeah. didn't even I am, I am. I am going to be a stepmother. That's right. Just not to your child. And she kind of implied something like, you were too busy to notice yeah. that I would have been a good mother or something like that. I can't yeah. remember exactly what I kind said. of respected the the flex. I mean, it was, yeah, it was great. It was but a good wh- scene. Why did we funny. introduce her in the first place? Like, just oh, because there weren't so enough much. obstacles to this relationship. What, what other obstacles did we have? Uh, distance. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, Thanks. so Sophie lives in San Francisco. David is somewhere in the vague area of Seattle. Um, he's also, like, got a job, but for some reason that never becomes an obstacle. He's, like, an app developer CEO, and, like, all of his app ideas are really stupid, and most of them are Christmas-related. Christmas-related. Yeah, he's got, like, 17 app ideas. They're all, like, four words long, which is three words too long um, and they all like one of the words is Christmas <laughs> and eventually he does come up with an app idea and it's called Christmas giving or something I, I, I have to admit I can't I can't really remember what the premise was well I don't think it's you not remembering I think we're never told yeah right, no well, I don't he, think he's really inspired by the toy drive in the background there's a toy drive sign and <laughs> He was like, oh, that's an idea. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they, they set that up like the toy drive is something meaningful to him. And I thought they were going to, he was going to reveal some painful childhood memory. No, they, they just, they just dropped it. Nothing happened there. So, I mean, we've got three obstacles here. Number one, Brent, done. Number two, um, David's ex, done. Number three, distance, not going to end up getting resolved, but nobody's going to care. And, and that's it. I mean, I guess the fourth sort oh, the of fourth obstacle is, yeah. was, was her job. Um, oh, yes. At one point, the job did get moved up. Right, yeah. So her agent was like, job. hey, surprise, the Zerg job has been moved up to December 23rd. Which, this by is... this point, we have no idea what the actual date is. Yeah, the they're kids, very The unclear. kid's been on, like, school break for, like, <laughs> for, like I don't two know, weeks. a <laughs> long time. As and... a school teacher, I am moving up to the school district. You should. Yeah. Pretty hefty vacation time there for little Troy. So, um, and then it's not even really worth saying what happens at the end, because of course she doesn't go to Zurich on the 23rd. Of course she comes to the Christmas pageant where little Troy has been cast as reindeer number five, but he got bumped up to the main role because the kid was sick or something. And, um, then of course she and David kiss and in the middle of their kiss, she receives a text telling her that Zurich has been moved back to after the new year and they hastily make plans for David and Troy to join her in Zurich. Because again, this kid apparently has an unlimited vacation. And and that text came in just as they're about to kiss. Right. I think it's during the kiss, actually. Yeah. But wow. I mean, you had to have that TVG rating. I think Hallmark might be afraid that if the kiss lasted a second and a half. We, we did miss that, like, near-miss kiss previously. Yeah, they, they danced, danced one night. by the Christmas tree. Which... To say this couple had no sexual tension... They had no sexual tension. However, and I insisted throughout the movie, they actually had more sexual tension than the average, or more chemistry, let's say, than the average yeah. Hallmark couple, sexual which is a negative is amount. Sexual tension is not a Hallmark thing. No. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, like, it, it was not exactly, like, dripping off the screen, but, like, there was a little bit of something between them. I, I, I didn't think Merritt Patterson was too bad. Like, I, I, I thought she had, like, a little bit of charisma. And yeah. John Core was a, a, a fucking two by four with a with a with a pen, smiley face yeah, with, with a yeah with like a pensive face drawn on it and like some with beard some stubble beard. Yeah. I, yeah. sorry he wasn't good and like the kid the kid wasn't great either but child actors on yeah. on a tv movie you know whatever and the other the thing dog is, was the dog was oh rig was 
We loved him. Best supporting actor, hands down. So I think that any chemistry that they did have, though, they deserve a lot of credit for because there was absolutely nothing in the script to support it. That's there was true. no reason these two people should have been anything except indifferent to each other. Yeah, and I, I like I don't know like where like sort of structurally in this conversation we we should talk about this, but they spent a lot more time and energy trying to build up like a relationship between the kid and her and it wasn't there it was never there and it was never that interesting and it just it felt forced from the beginning i think they were trying to like make him they were trying to do this like out of the mouths of babes thing where like he obviously like admires and loves her despite having no reason to do so like he can just like sense that she's a good person but they also didn't want to have him be this like sad little kid who sees a friendly woman and is like she's my new mom so they which is what he did though <laughs> yeah but yeah. i think they didn't really want to commit to that no you're right i agree i agree but i mean whatever even though the sort of building of the rapport between sophie and troy was kind of unsuccessful I think we can all agree that the script definitely dedicated a lot more time to doing that than to building any sort of relationship between Sophie and David, which was ostensibly like the premise of the movie. Yeah, I, I think that we also noticed in this movie there was a lot of cookies and hot chocolate, like an abnormally <laughs> large amount compared to some other movies. Like this kid never ate anything that didn't contain sugar. There was, and I don't, I don't know, is this like a Hallmark Channel thing where they sort of, they throw odd shade at cities? Because at one point they mentioned Seattle and they definitely pronounced it with three parentheses. <laughs> yeah, they totally. Because the not even implication, it was outright stated that the re that David used to live in Seattle and when he gained custody of Troy, he left Seattle because he wanted to live someplace where he could raise a child because God forbid he raised a child in Seattle. Seattle. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They, they, he was like, I moved out of Seattle for a more family friendly environment. Those, yeah. That's the exact, I, I mean, was, I was going to say like maybe Seattle is like too expensive, but the guy's obviously rich. Yeah, yeah. He's a CEO. Yeah. Making it expensive. He's yeah. probably got like investments in like real estate developers in Seattle that charge 4,000 a month for a studio. Yeah, he probably still has plenty of houses there. I will say as somebody who left an expensive city that was featured in this film, um, when I did have a family, I understand that 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 dilemma. However, I uh, can also say a lot of my friends have stayed within that city limits to be able to raise a very healthy nuclear family. But so, so but the other thing is though, the dilemma that you had, I think if I'm understanding this correctly, is that San Francisco's fucking expensive to raise a family in. We couldn't afford an extra bedroom. Right, right. which like makes total sense for normal people. David's not normal people. Yeah, yeah. David's a CEO. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and my, I was a my, right, like, <laughs> my brother and sister-in-law actually lived in Oakland and they, when they had a kid, they moved to Seattle. <laughs> so for raising their kids in a better environment. So, you know, I think that Seattle, we've debated a bit before who the target audience here is. And I, there are a couple of reasons that I think that it's older women. I mean, I think there are a lot of reasons I think it's older women. One is the older woman is always sort of like setting them up. So it's clearly this living vicariously thing. But the other thing is, this is another sort of, I think another sort of generational thing where people our age, as they have children living in cities, are tending largely to like stay in those cities. Whereas people, our parents and grandparents age, were like, oh no, children must have a yard with eight swings. Well, I, I wrote early in the movie that like, I cannot imagine anything more excruciating than a Christmas pageant. And then 
the update at 10 p.m. This movie definitely was. <laughs> yeah, you know, your average Christmas pageant at least doesn't last for two hours. No, it's over. I mean, like... It feels like it does. But it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. As somebody who had to participate, willingly or not, in plenty of Christmas pageants at my local church when I was younger, um, and then had to also brave a lot of really slick roads and almost got into a bunch of car accidents with my parents on the way home. They're horrible. From beginning to end. From beginning to end. We never did Christmas. Okay, no, we didn't do Christmas pageants, but the school did Christmas musicals. So actually, fun fact, my very talented sister, who may or may not be listening right now, is, uh, she's actually like an extremely talented singer with a voice like none that I've ever heard. But her first big role was in our her third grade Christmas pageant, which was called, not Christmas pageant, Christmas musical. It was called, and I quote, something's up down in Bethlehem. Oh my God. And she played the lead, the shepherd boy Reuben, who sees the light over Bethlehem. We didn't do pageants. We often had to like stage, because we went to Catholic school, the, what do you call it? The nativity? The nativity, yeah. We oh, so it was Catholic like... Catholic school obviously had a big effect on Yeah, yeah. So okay. I, I mean, I also was at Catholic school, but rather than doing a traditional like nativity-focused Christmas pageant, it would always be a musical that would always have the religious aspect of it, but would always do something like overly cutesy with it. Like the right. shepherd boy that sings, you know, something jazzy about seeing the star. Or one year, I remember there were like the three kinds of angels that were like having it out. And there was like the seraphim led by like Sarah and like the cherubim led by Cherry. And then the Herald angels led by Harold. And like, oh I don't remember who played Sarah Cherry and Harold, but I remember that those were characters. So yeah. yeah. yeah I remember really one that. year um, my dad, but my parents did not realize that uh, we were going to have to turn in the costume. So I only wore a t-shirt and tights and I had to wear that with my, not so nice coat out in the middle of winter back home. <laughs> I, I, I went to public school. We didn't do we didn't do a Christmas pageant. And this my was school, in my church. Right. My school didn't do Christmas pageants either, but um my church did and I had the good fortune never to be involved in any of them <laughs> because we always went to see my extended family for Christmas, which was in Boston. So I was never around for Christmas and I was very, very happy to miss it. Well, but mostly the thing that is always funny is that we, these pageants in Hallmark, as we've pounded out on a few other episodes, usually happen like on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, which yeah. is like, unless you're going to church, that's the only activity that happens on those days. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, usually the pageant's like the 14th of December or something. Right. You know, it's well before the school year closes up and blah, blah, blah. Not, not on Hallmark. Did anybody like anything about this movie? I liked dog. the dog. Yeah. I liked Riggs. I, 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 so I, I actually, I laughed out loud at, I got, I got fifth reindeer. Oh, I oh, thought yeah, that, that was funny. That was, was good. That was a relatable moment. And, and we were bummed because you so could have named them. Like, whatever. Another Christmas yeah. movie had a, a second lobster as we brought up. Yes. Oh, yes, of course. And, and another famous Christmas movie, The Lobster Number Two. At the so at the birth of the nativity, at the, the Jesus's there birth. was two lobsters. <laughs> That's right. There were two lobsters. Merritt Patterson had a really nice spot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, none of us noticed that, but Matt did. Well, somebody had to. <laughs> That's fair enough. I jumped on that grenade. That's a good bingo. Congratulations. But let's kick it off with our favorite Hallmark bingo moments. I got one. 
So minus the fact that there is an older relative clearly wink-winking, nudge-nudging them into getting together. Um, And that was Sophie's grandmother, who is David's neighbor. We saw this in the last movie in the form of Christmas Scavenger Hunt, the form of Belinda's father. We saw this two movies ago in the form of, oh gosh... (laughs) It was like the the it was his mother or grandmother or something, you know, when he was like the CEO and she was the designer. Are you laughing at Belinda still because Belinda blinked? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Just checking. We're, we're always yes. laugh about Belinda blinks. We will. Just, I just say the name Belinda and all of a sudden Matt next to me just starts losing his shit. Well, like, it was impossible to not think about Belinda blink while we talked about the movie. It kind of right. was. No. It's true. So these Hallmark movies have, they're like the opposite of Belinda blinked because they're the most anti-sexual movies I've ever seen. Can you imagine if they were like baking cookies and then suddenly her top <laughs> fell off? Like, <laughs> it would be a totally different kind of Hallmark movie. Like at a certain That's point I speculated yeah. that since Troy is not actually David's biological child, I was like, guys, what if David's a virgin? Because like, it's Hallmark. He could yeah, be. He, could, no, he David, could be saving himself for marriage. David's sure. fucked. David is like... You think he uh, fucked the ex? He probably did. I'm sorry, if my mother is listening, please... <laughs> Please turn this off, rewind two minutes. No, fast forward two minutes and forget you ever heard this. All right, what other Hallmark bingo moments did we have that we thought were worth mentioning? One thing that I thought was really dumb was when um, Sophie gets her assignment in Zurich, she, like, takes off for the airport. You know, she gets a taxi, a yellow taxi for some reason in this, like, tiny town in Washington. God knows why in 2019. But so she gets a taxi and... Then she has second thoughts in the taxi and calls her agent and says, like, I'm not going to take this assignment because I might miss Troy in the Christmas pageant. Playing reindeer number five. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't know. Yeah, yeah, so at this point, all she knows is that this child who is not related to her, that she has known for four days. Yeah, I don't know, four days, one week, two weeks, not very long. A month and a half. Is playing (laughs) reindeer number five with no lines in a shitty Christmas play in her grandmother's hometown. Yeah. And she is going to pass up a trip to Zurich and a whole bunch of fucking money to watch this kid it's, in a Christmas pageant. And it like, wasn't even like she was the director of it. And, you know, no. like, she had zero attention this, except This is a neighbor's it. child, or a grandmother's neighbor's child. My bingo moment happened to be when they were decorating the Christmas tree. Oh, oh you yes. You always see people decorating the Christmas tree in these Christmas movies. But this one also had a hashtag connection to the end where uh they were decorating the tree and the tree topper happened to be this super as we were mentioning during the the movie a super duper creepy angel topper the haunted ass looking angel yes where it looked like it wanted to serve your brain on a platter yeah (laughs) and then somehow that same angel happened to be i think at the airport right before she was stepped on which by the way it made it look like they that she was going to the airport yeah at like seven in the morning and then she took a roundabout way to get to the play that was at 7 at night. That's right. A whole day passed in the taxi, we figured out. This is the opposite problem we had last time, when there was just, like, daylight for about eight days' worth of Christmas activities. I was going to talk about, um, and this is just a cheesy thing. Of course they had to do it. They went to a Christmas tree lot. Yep, typical. But not only did they get a tree, they also had a snowball fight and a montage in the, <laughs> in the Christmas tree lot. They did. They did. So a lot of, of taking pictures that you then relive later. Yeah, that's right. There was a lot, a lot of lot montage of and photos and Christmas moments. 
What is Matt? Yeah. Did Matt have a bingo moment? Oh, it was just the it was just the cookies. Like oh. you know that like there's gonna be a cookie making scene. They looked like shit. Well, and what about when he was using that paintbrush to paint the well, cookie? Yeah, well, and I, I guess this is like again, you know, it's sort of like a like a you know TV production thing where you can't have like these delicate, fussy little cookies. You got to be able to see them on camera. But the kids going, it looks like they just went down to Lowe's and like got paint for the cookies. <laughs> Not yeah. like I, all the other ones were perfectly iced, and he was painting like clear green liquid on it. Yeah, though clearly, like everything else had been painted by a production assistant, <laughs> and then like this, like child actors just half-assing it yeah. on on like the thirty-seventh take for sure. That, so those are our, our hallmark Christmas bingo moments. I had a a weirdly relatable moment if we're on that segment. Yeah, right, I think we will. It. Moving to hashtag relatable. Okay, so if my mother is listening, and mom, if you didn't turn this off when we were talking about Belinda blinking and losing her clothes, I want you to go back to the first scene where we meet David and Troy, and they are drinking some sort of sugary beverage with too many marshmallows. And I want you to look at the mug that Troy is drinking out of. Okay, now that you've done that, Go ahead and pause. We've got time. I want you to go to your kitchen and open your cupboard. Mom, you have the same mug. And that is like the most relatable thing that's happened to us since we started doing this podcast. Mom, you have the same mug. It's one of those taller than usual Christmas mugs. I, it might be from Starbucks. I don't know. Somebody gave it to you one year for Christmas. It's got like Santa Claus against the blue background. Mom, you have this mug. I want to talk about something we actually saw twice as hashtag relatable. And this is this is so not typical Hallmark, so I'm giving them cred. They had a rainbow crosswalk in Bainbridge. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And we talked about this in our first episode, Mary, that we thought the same-sex couple was no way in any way, shape, or form going to happen. It still hasn't it happened. It still hasn't happened. Too much credit yet. That's true. But they shot it props, twice. It looked props very to Hallmark. That's right. Looks like it was trying to be a bit more yay to the gays, and it was pretty impressive. That's my that's my hashtag relatable. That's an extremely low bar to clear. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're not even talking a gay character, let alone like, a gay relationship. We're talking about a rainbow cross paint paint on the street, and may, maybe <laughs> Troy did it with this giant Lowe's paintbrush for all I know. Like, but, like, whatever. Like the, the theme of the Christmas pageant wasn't like. Satan punishes the sodomites. So like, like, a, like, a, like a huge advance in gay rights. That's right. That's right. We're getting there. Yay, Hallmark. All right, so what's your relatable moment? Oh, this was an easy one. Grandma, way too invested in Christmas decorations. Oh, that's true. I, you know, Michelle, Michelle can tell you I am way too invested in, in Christmas decorations. That's true. That's true. All right, my relatable moment is this. Sophie goes to her grandmother's house and her grandmother asks her to do this like insignificant favor, which is to like take the neighbor's hat back to his place. Sophie gives her this look and she's like, do I have to do it now? And the grandmother returns the look and she's like, do you have anything else to do? And Sophie's like, no. And she goes, he doesn't. <laughs> I'm like, of course she's right. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, she came up here to wait on her right. grandmother hand and foot. So go over there. She does it because she's a good granddaughter and because her grandmother is right. She has nothing better to do. That's right. Megan, what about you? Um, I have realized my dream job. After retirement, I want to become an actor, an actress, I guess, and be the grandmother in these films. We, we think Megan is available for auditions now. She can practice being older if you wanted to. But yeah, I, think that, I think that's a future career move. Right. They're, they're real women-ish. Yeah. 
I, I don't have to uh, be all fussied up. I um, can say my witty one-liners and I can try to pair people up. I love it. You could even be like a wise older sister now to practice for being the yes. grandmother. Yes. Yes. I've had a couple kids, so I have the, you know, the look. The, the thing we struggled with the most with this movie, I think, is that it was just really crap. <laughs> so, so, like, Riggs was the best character. Yeah, yeah, the dog was the best actor. So you know we're not we're not in line we're on alignment, I guess. That it wasn't their best movie. So we decided we needed to really spice this up and make it a little bit more exciting. We think that we didn't learn enough about how Grandma hurt her foot. Does anybody want to tell how we think grandma? Well, this is, this is our rewind, right? Yes. Our rewind and rewrite? Yeah. We're going to go back and tell you why grandma broke her foot. Well, she is a um, modern day Jane Duty Dench, um, Lady M kind of character. So a hashtag spy in the middle of a Christmas miracle type city. And speaking of things, mysterious things in the past that we don't know why they happen. First of all, how did Grandma hurt a foot while well, Grandma's a spy? Secondly, how did Troy's parents die? These things are now connected. These things are <laughs> definitely connected. So I think what we have to decide, and you guys, like, I don't know. You guys are going to have to, like, help me out here. Do you think that they were, like, on the same side and, like, in a mission together and Grandma now feels responsible for Troy's parents' death because, like, she should have been protecting them? Or do you think she had them taken out? She's the only one that knows uh, that they died in a car accident. But who? Who, pray tell, started that car accident? That's right. <laughs> Was it a car accident? That's that's so what we were cold. led to believe in the film. But I think I see her, especially as Megan described, like I am. So maybe she was overseeing this mission. And I think it potentially just went south. Okay, so she's overseeing the mission. It goes south. This couple that is working with her on the mission ends up dead. And now her next door neighbor is um, charged with custody of their only child. But actually, she too feels this overwhelming sense of responsibility for this child's well-being, because it's her fault that that his parents are dead, that he's an orphan. She helped them get up there, I think. So you remember <laughs> they were they were in Seattle with Uncle David. Mm -hmm. And so amazingly, this house became available right next door to her so she could keep her eye out on them. Oh right my gosh, you're right. She set that up. She set that up totally. Now, here's the next question. Is Grandma still a spy? I mean, I think she must be because she broke her leg relatively recently and the uh, or the foot or whatever. Whereas the parents died three years ago, so it's clear she didn't stop spying. Yeah, I would like to see Grandma like Mission Impossible into like something like <laughs> zoom, you know, and like maybe she fell in that in a, that kind of a suave mission. With Again, Hallmark, I'm available. <laughs> That's right. But Megan wants to play this character, especially now. She she sounds like a total badass. As long as I get to keep Riggs in the end. But like, oh, who's she right. spying on and why? Canada. <laughs> Yes, because now maybe maybe there's a man in Canada who is apparently Santa, and she has a secret mission to find out if this man is actually Santa or if, if not, if the real Santa is actually in the North Pole. Right, because and this is a uh, this is really a matter for national security. Correct, because if he is not the real Santa, 
than like who the fuck is he and what the fuck has he done with the real Santa. And that creeper angel is actually <laughs> well, and also it's like, definitely a camera. Yeah, you know, the two or a Bob. The two countries, I guess. <laughs> well, besides like Alaska, two of the countries closest to the North Pole are Canada and Russia. So if the one in Canada is not the real Santa, then the real Santa could be a Russian asset, and that's dangerous. Well, and then these days they're working with us. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That would be the American slash Russian Santa. Uh, but what about the Santa that's actually in the pageant? Do we think that's like a decoy? Is he also working with Grandma? He's a decoy. He's a decoy. Yeah, I think he's definitely. Is he a decoy. there to protect Troy? Maybe. I think he could be because I don't. Because they did there's... take out that kid right before. Um, Shit, that's true. He's a decoy, but he's going a little bit above and beyond and like poisoning kids who stand in Troy's way. And, and <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, yeah, well, you know, nothing good ever happens to any other child in this movie. All that we know is that the original star of this Christmas pageant gets mysteriously sick. I think that's gotta stay, even in the spy versus spy film. I think it's well, she's, really, she's also really good at manipulating time because this kid was a week into to winter break already. Like when the when the film started. He's also clearly on the cusp of puberty, yet kind of acts like he's about seven years old. Yeah, he's very, like, it's very, like, innocent and needy and vulnerable. Like, he sort of falls in love with Sophie just from seeing her picture on an ornament at her grandma's place. That's and what then, she wanted. Like, that's what Jane Judy Dench wanted. Well, that's right. I guess it worked. That's right. I think in the, in the spy, I don't know, maybe that ornament had a camera in it too. And so Sophie mm. could actually see, or someone could see into her house all the time. So do you think Sophie is like in on the spying or does she not know? She absolutely doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah, no. She's just a prop. But, but she is, a, there's got to be something with the camera that's important, I would say. Maybe she doesn't know that her camera's, like, taking photos of all the potential Santa takeovers. Well, I mean, I think it'd be... The, the camera's obviously raised by Grandma. Right, I mean, and Grandma could do that pretty easily without Sophie knowing, but... So, um, how does this end, then? So, what, this Santa guy in Canada, did he turn out to be the real Santa? Or is the Russian asset the real Santa? And do we all get to go to Zurich? Well, well I was going to say, there's got to be a reason to go to Zurich. So grandma must get some kind of news that actually she's on totally the wrong trail and the real Santa is in Zurich. <laughs> <laughs> so really, this movie starts the same way and ends the same way. And I don't really care that much whether, oh gosh, I forgot her name, Sophie, whether Sophie and David actually get together, like that's fine. I don't see any objection to it mainly because I don't see any actual obstacles to this um, as we've already discussed. So fine, they can get together. I don't care. So this movie starts the same way. It ends the same way with everybody going to Zurich and like they can get married and like raise Troy together or whatever. In between, like there's spy shit. Yeah, we've like taken down lots of decoy Santas potentially. Yeah. Any child that's a believer in the decoy Santa has probably also gone down. Oh, no. <laughs> but they all need to be decorating cookies. Well, yes, and and maybe maybe th- maybe that gel mm. shit he used is like part of how they take out the bad kids. Mm. So would it be safe to say that over the course of this movie, our heroes have made the world safer for Christmas? <laughs> they have definitely made the world safer for the elves and Santa that live in the North Pole. Right. Yeah. So it's which is very important. It's Christmas yeah. time. There, there have been casualties in this war, like many have fallen, but at the end of the day, like, you know, they've made the world safe for Christmas. So in the sequel, do they save Santa's workshop from climate change? Yeah, and, and, and really potential flooding. I mean, there's all, I guess, I was maybe a little bit harsh, because there's always like that kind of 
Santa's helper kind of Santas mm-hmm. that we need to remind our kids about. So may- maybe we don't take out all the kids that don't believe. Maybe that Santa that's working with grandma and grandma fall in love and he comes over to Zurich and they are able to like run their partnership spy agency out of there and still able to keep their cover and no one knows. And they just work in the Zurich Christmas markets every year together or something. That's in the spirit of Christmas. It could be happier than I, than I suggest. And just imagine the trailer. I mean, explosions. Oh. I, it's a guilty pleasure of mine that I love, love, love action movie trailers. I love bad action movies in general. Would much rather have watched one of those. Yeah. <laughs> well, and this is like grandma rolling on the ground, like big explosion, like breaking the hip. That's breaking the hip. <laughs> and if we have like a line of dialogue here and there sprinkled into the trailer, it's definitely going to be something like, Troy, I have to tell you something about your parents. And then like explosion goes up in the background, like start running. <laughs> and, like, and, and maybe I see like oh, a yeah. really almost speed skating grandma as a, in like on a mission, like somewhere on ice. There's were, definitely a scene where like Sophie tosses a match into like fake Santa's workshop and then yes. just, like walks away with as it explodes. <laughs> wearing <laughs> high heels that are like clicking on the ground. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. Only to make out with him in the end. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. I also agree with you, Mary. I think the love interest thing is it doesn't really matter to me either. Maybe what, maybe Brent is working for the evil Santas. I, I didn't trust that guy. Maybe that's why they break up. The yeah. love interest clearly didn't matter to the writers of the movie. So. <laughs> that's so true. So much did it matter to us? So, I mean, it can, I'm fine with you know their relationship being a subplot in our new action movie. Don't usually fine. evil people have beards, so wouldn't they... So you think David's evil? Is that where you're going with well, this? Well, maybe he's the one that's breaking with evil. Oh, shit. But then they don't get to all go to Zurich together at the end. So Grandma picked the wrong guardian for Troy, maybe, though. That could be an interesting subplot. Or who was chosen over her best efforts. It's true. So who else is manipulating this spy novel? I don't know. I think we're going to have to find out in the sequel. <laughs> I think maybe at the end we get a teaser that like David might not be who we thought he was, yeah, but like we're yes. gonna have to like he's leave meeting that. with someone in secret at the workshop at the Santa's workshop. What do you think the sequel's called? If this one was called Picture a Perfect Christmas, the next one's gonna be called Christmas on Ice. Picture a perfect funeral. <laughs> <laughs> and there's gonna be more. There's gonna be plenty more of this. Yeah, I think so. This is the beginning of a beautiful Hallmark series. That's right. Of of. Strong female up. characters. Yep. yep. The spy spies. grandmas the series. And can we all agree at some point Sophie figures this out because she can't be an idiot. This definitely yeah. won't be on the Hallmark channel though. This will have to be on Movies and Mysteries. Oh, it'll be on Movies. So That's fine. Spy channel. That's fine. Hallmark Hallmark people if you're listening, like we're 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 willing to make this happen. And it would be like a grandma whatever mystery. Did she ever get a first name? She she had a last name. It was Griffiths. Yeah, I think but... she, her first name is Louise. Louise. Okay. All right, so, Grandma so, Louise. Grandma Louise. A Louise Griffiths story. Louise Griffiths, an international Christmas spy. International <laughs> Christmas spy. I like it. It'll be the first of several movies. Picture a perfect Christmas, the spy movie, and then picture a perfect funeral, potentially followed by picture a perfect family of spies together. Every Hallmark movie is called A Picture Perfect Family. Perfect <laughs> Family, that's right. We've done really well by this one. How about I Spy A Perfect Christmas? Uh, there we go. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's, that's the, the one. I Spy A Perfect Christmas. So, um, At a cinema near you. 
Christmas. <laughs> or the guest spot, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, next Friday night. Um, it'll probably be, going by the calendar this year, it'll probably be October 1st, 2020. Right. I spot a Christmas. So, now, I have to admit, next week is crazy because it rolls straight into Thanksgiving week. Because it goes Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then from Monday through Sunday, after that, there's Christmas. There's Christmas. Damn. But we'll talk about the next four. So the titles are, so what we do in this for our guests is we just say the titles and we try and figure out what we think they're going to be about. Okay. And um, we don't necessarily have to have that be the one we watch, but we might, we should pick which one we want. So one is called Christmas Under the Stars. One is called Right Before Christmas, which is W-R-I-T-E. One is called Christmas at Graceland, Home for the Holidays. Oh, and that was a, that a sequel. That's a sequel, yeah. It's a sequel. The last one before it turns into Seven Days of CCB, oh, Candace Cameron Bray, is <laughs> Cherished Memories, A Gift to Remember Two. Jesus wept. <laughs> I, I think regardless we, we of- We could probably all four, we, we probably all do them. Maybe right before Christmas with a W is like Hallmark breaking the fourth wall. You know, they, they never s- seem to have any sense of irony, but maybe like the romantic heroine and right before Christmas, like her big Christmas project, the universe shows her that she must do is to write a Hallmark Christmas movie. Wow, I like it. That's very meta. That actually, yeah. it works that actually for me. really would be a good movie. It works for me. I, I we should do that if that happens. We should like record a podcast about that. We might have to watch that one and see what happens. Mary, what what do you think? I kind of want to latch on to Megan's idea of Christmas Under the Stars actually being a Hallmark movie set in space. How do you feel about that? Oxygen tanks are nothing. There's nothing sexier. So, uh, except they won't be sexy because this is Hallmark. <laughs> so I think it's it's going to be set in space. Um, I think we've got two astronauts on the International Space Station. And I think that maybe they're from different countries that like, I don't know. I think this is going to be kind of forbidden romance. Um, like, I don't know. Propulsion pack or are you just happy to see me? There Do you, you go. Do you think like they're on some strange planet and it starts snowing, but it's actually methane? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> maybe. It's going to be a battle. This would be some battle of good and evil. Maybe. Christmas under the stars. But I think it's important, you know, we're doing like spy shit and stuff. I think one of them is, of course, I don't know. I can't think of a scenario like during the Cold War when a Russian astronaut and an American astronaut would have been in the same space station. But let's. Oh, I can. You can? Oh, yeah. Did that happen? Uh, the Apollo, yeah, the Apollo Soyuz mission. Oh, I didn't know. Okay. That yeah, they docked in a they docked an Apollo and a Soyuz to each other. That's very Well, there we go. So, great. yeah, we're going to have we're going to have an American astronaut and a Soviet astronaut, I yeah, think. Except it was like Alexei Leonov and and like I think it was Pete Conrad, so like not exactly and workers. And Louise Griffith. <laughs> That's right. Louise, Louise Griffith. Maybe this will be the first gay Hallmark. <laughs> Can it be Louise Griffith's father, who's one of the astronauts? That's how she got her start. Right. So, yeah. So, he will fall in love with the Russian astronaut and um, under the stars. And these other two are going to be a bit hard to talk about. Oh, wait. No. No, I I got that. You got one? What what are you going to do, Matt? Okay. All right. One line elevator pitch for for Christmas in Graceland. Elvis is alive and he's Santa Claus. I have nothing further to add. Christmas without you.
So the last one, cherished memory, <laughs> a gift to remember too. Like this sounds so horrible. But I like I don't even like. Well, yeah. how, how, okay. Yeah. No. I mean, wouldn't you, you at least a bunch of Hallmark movie names into a generator and like, <laughs> yes. come up with a new one? That's what it would output. But but should we make a generator? So it's, it's cherished yes. memories colon a gift to remember too. So if you're gonna make a sequel, why the fuck would you call it a gift to remember too? Wouldn't you have it be cherished memories? Santa's got a brand new bag or whatever. Like uh, you know, like, <laughs> you would have it be. Yeah. Something, something else, yeah. but still obviously the sequel. Why would you literally make the same movie over again and like add a, a two next to it? Movie poster is just like a picture of those freaking precious moments figurines. Well, oh, maybe now, wait, that can be her, that's her concept, guys. I've got it. That's what this movie is about. They are the characters are literally precious moments figurines. Oh, geez, yeah, maybe it's all in stop motion. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's all like precious moments for you. And last time they were, maybe this is twice speed, which strange. is why it's two. It's Mach 2. It's in twice the speed as before. Right. And so is that they don't have any like expressive range. They all just sort of look like bug-eyed and sad. So kind of like David. But that's, that's going to that's gonna make it even better. So which figurines do we think are going to be involved in this? Um, I'm picturing like maybe one of the like little baseball player precious moments statuettes. I have oh, to yeah. admit, I don't know them well enough. I don't think they're all maybe, like maybe I need to do children doing brutal. child things that are it also is. angels. That's their entire like yeah, concept. Are you sure they're not called snow babies? No, no, precious moments. Precious, yeah, it's, it's definitely like a brand thing. I definitely my grandmother like bought uh, bought some of those. Yeah. So in all the voices is just going to be like someone talking in like a Mr. Bill falsetto, right? <laughs> or just like Matt voices oh, every character. Here's <laughs> or here's yeah. like an actual like nativity. Yeah. Like I said, okay. they all look bug-eyed can, and sad. You can get it at QVC.com right now. So do you think <laughs> the nativity the, the nativity figurines will be the ones in this story? Or do you think it'll be like different figurines that aren't nativity? There's ooh, a, there's ooh, a, ooh, that one right there. <laughs> the Wait. dirty dancing precious moment. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> the actual <laughs> What do they call it? The lift. The lift. The lift. That is definitely going to be. That's not baby. Okay, wait, wait. I got it. Half of the Dirty Dancing Precious Moments figurine (laughs) falls in love with half of the Nativity Set figurine. So, like, baby falls in love with Joseph. Well, I also just found a bride and groom (laughs) Precious Moment where the bride looks like a blonde bride, but the groom is a fireman. So that would be another baby could fall in love with the fireman. That could be another cross. So, I mean, I don't know who it's going to be in terms of which Precious Moments figurine is going to be the protagonist in this story, but I think that we can all agree on one thing, and that is that, of course, they they will will fall in love. So tune in next week to see what happens. I think the Precious Moments one sounds fantastic. There's a lot of choices on, so see you soon. We are now officially on lots of social media. Check us out at hallmarkduck.com, on Facebook at Hallmark Duck with Mary and Sarah, on Instagram at Hallmark Duck. And don't forget, we are now streaming on Apple Podcasts at Hallmark Duck. So subscribe, listen, and review. See you next week.